This edition of Farming the Countryside is brought to you by Nationwide and their farm certified agents. Where might your farm and home not be protected? Go to nationwide.com slash Andrew for answers to help protect your next. And by Pivot Bioproven 40 OS, the nitrogen you need now on seed. Learn more at pivotbio.com. Welcome to Farming the Countryside. I'm Andrew McRae. A lot has changed since the COVID years and how we buy and sell machinery. Greg Peterson and I talk about how to adapt to those changes to increase the value of your equipment when marketing it to others. How are interest rates impacting not only sales, but also the decision of whether to purchase or lease? How is dealer consolidation impacted the way used equipment is trading? Those are our topics for this week's Farming the Countryside, brought to you by Nationwide. Farming and land ownership comes with its share of liabilities, and you need an insurance company to help protect you, of course. But when it comes down to it, what you really need is an individual who truly understands what you deal with each day and knows how to help you see what you may have overlooked. That's why I've partnered with Nationwide, the number one ag insurer in the nation. They have farm certified agents. That's right, agents that are specifically trained to handle the needs of farm and land owners. I know there was a lot I'd overlooked, and that's why we've created short videos on important topics to help us address those key concerns. Just go to nationwide.com slash Andrew. That's nationwide.com slash Andrew, where I host quick shows and important topics to help protect your next. This week's show, also sponsored by Pivot Bio. You've heard me talk about Pivot Bio quite a bit over the last few years. In fact, this is the fourth season in a row that I've used Pivot Bio on my corn crop. Pivot Bio Proven 40 provides my corn with nitrogen when it needs it, no matter the weather. That predictability is available now on the corn seed. Pivot Bioproven 40 on seed gives growers even more flexibility with their nitrogen plants. It's the first on seed nitrogen, and all U.S. corn growers have access to the game changing technology. As you consider plans for next season, I hope you'll check out Pivot Bioproven 40 OS. Just talk to your local sales rep or go to pivotbio.com. I drive up and down Interstate 35 quite a bit, especially a stretch from Kansas City to Minneapolis. In central Iowa, there's an exit for the town of Woolstock. I've only been to the town once. It was the 1980s, and my dad and I went there in the middle of the winter to trade for a John Deere 4440 tractor at a dealership. We took a long time to look at that tractor and make the decision to buy it. Perhaps it was the fact that it was the 80s and times were tough, but I often think about that trip and how times have changed. Have I gotten lazy that I usually make trades by looking at pictures on the Internet these days? Machine Repeat and I had a good discussion about those changes and how to make good decisions as equipment sales adapt with the times. Plus, he shared how economic factors and dealer consolidation are impacting supply and demand of used equipment. Here's our conversation. Craig Peterson, Machine Repeat, joins me. Uh, we usually have a conversation at least a couple of times a year on this show. Always good to catch up with Greg. Craig, let me ask you, first of all, uh, I suppose on the road a lot this fall, or what's uh, the, the travel schedule been like for Machine Repeat? Well, it's not that it's bad in the late summer. It's, it's kind of like a respite before we get to, our, to November and December on through into April. It gets kind of nutty, but um, with the growth of online auctions here the last number of years, I mean, there's just always something interesting happening. So uh, sometimes I like to be home, Andrew, just so I can feel like I'm kind of like the local news. I can just monitor things every day and sort through and hopefully bring forward the, the day's interesting notes and share them with people. 
So when we last visited was in the spring, and we talked about a couple of canaries in the coal mine, meaning that perhaps prices would begin to at least plateau, maybe slip back, and you had some different things that you were seeing uh, somewhat on the supply side. So I'm interested in the, the last six months or so in general, have the canaries that you saw in the spring continued to, to be here in the fall? Yeah, great question, Andrew. That's, you know, the kind of the number one thing I've been watching. Uh, in addition to compiling the auction prices now almost 34 years, uh, one thing I really watch is, is the back end of our MachineryP.com website. So we've got 110,000 pieces for sale, dealers all over North America. And uh, we watch the raw volume of, uh, you know, units, used units for sale within sectors or by model even. And you're right, at the end of 22, we finally, the first signs of increasing use supply began to show up specifically in the combine market. And when that happened, of course, we're coming off of this whole pandemic and the supply chain mess. You couldn't get new equipment that was pinched in. You had to pre-order everything. Um, so use values were an all-time high. Now, when the combine volume started to go up on the use side, we saw an immediate downward motion with auction pricing on combines. Uh, late 22, I'd say the first three, four months of 23 for sure, into the summer. But on that topic, it's kind of been fascinating, Andrew. One of the things when I talk to farm groups, we lose sight of what's changed in the industry. And if you look at the dealership footprint, uh, the number of dealerships has shrunk so greatly with the consolidation. So we used to think of a big dealership, you know, maybe St. Joe, Missouri or Rochester, Minnesota. Wow, those guys got six stores. Holy smokes. I mean, now it's like 30 to 60. And these larger outfits, again, people totally understandable why some farmers are like, how oh, you know, we, we don't like the fact we're losing local dealerships. But these larger dealers are capitalized in the just apples and oranges difference than the, the, the guys who used to have two or three stores. So when the supply of combines started to go up, what we saw in July and August of 23 was these large dealers, they were super aggressive and they wanted to get out ahead of what they perceived to be like, oh, here comes the falling combine prices. So they jammed combines out onto the auction market. And the other thing that's changed if we pull back with the auction market now is that if you're having an auction in central Iowa, it's, your buyers aren't just central Iowa. You're online, they're from worldwide. And that's more efficient bringing together buyers and sellers. So anyway, what happened was, yeah, used combine values fell, but now we're seeing the supply has actually started to tighten up again. Right in the fall here, as, as farmers are looking, you know, needing that new machine or whatever. So it's been fascinating to track that. I would say we have seen, like, if you look at the John Deere S600 series, uh, particularly the larger models, the S670, 80, and 90, our machine repeat auction data shows they've dropped year over year about 20.4% in value. Uh, less so on the smaller models, the S660s, their smaller models just hold their value better. They always seem to do that. But that's been interesting. On the supply topic, I would say the other thing that's kind of baffled me, honestly, is that we have seen the supply of used tractors go up finally, but auction pricing is not adjusted at all. Good used tractors, not just the pre-def stuff, which is scorching hot and getting hotter, but two, three, four, five-year-old tractors in good shape have been setting, you know, record prices. And I think what's going on there is, is now that might drift into the inflation end of things. And because the price of new is, I mean, 
my 34 years doing this, the price of new farm equipment has always gone up. That pulls up on the value of good used. But the price jump has been so big now, 15 plus percent, that when a three-year-old one shows up at auction, it's selling for more money because the new stuff costs so much. You mentioned the difference between the combines and tractors there. Why do you think that that is then the difference that you see between those values? Because the combines you mentioned, one to three years old, had been a little bit softer, it appears, but not so on the tractors. Yeah, the, you know, it's interesting, Andrew. The only thing that I can think of, and I've actually I've brought this up on calls with Wall Street investors, is a recency bias which is you know, psychologically as we're humans. And we've been in this ultra heated, you know, used tractor market uh, basically since, I mean, the corn and beans went up fall of 20. Uh, we were in the pandemic. Uh, there was a whole pandemic effect. People were home, growth of online auctions. It, it's a lot easier just to click the button once more when your neighbor's not looking at you standing at the auction. I don't know. All these factors swirl together. And again, that's the only thing I can think of because I'm watching the supply on the used lot go up and people see it when they're driving down the road. They're like, oh, my dealer's got, yeah, he's got more tractors sitting out there. And you would think that the auction prices would start to soften. Now, when the good condition stuff, they just haven't. And again, I think that might just be because three years, we've just, that's all we've seen every day is like, if I want this thing, I got to pay more than I want to to get it and the interesting thing now is we're on the edge of november december which is of course year-end tax buying force so farmers trying to drive down income with equipment purchases it's just a thing that's been grained into the market for 20 years so i suspect i don't like to make guesses but i think used tractor values are going to remain strong through the end of the year we're going to see a ton of auctions at the end of the year farmers maybe they're starting to sense, I think, a little bit now, like, ooh, if I was thinking of retiring, maybe I want to get into this market before it drops, you know, across the board 15%. So, but when the calendar flips to 24, I don't know there if we can, if this momentum can keep on the tractor side, I, I just, you know, we're going to have to tell. And, and that's the, the, I guess the beauty about the auction pricing on a daily basis, Andrew, is that, you know, it, it Put it up for sale today and it brings X. And if you put it up for sale January 15th, we'll find out. Do you hear from your conversations you've had with others? Have people changed the way that they maybe uh, either lease or flip combines and tractors for uh, now that we've moved into this period of much higher prices or are they continued with the same strategies they maybe have always used on their farm? Mm, there's definitely more chatter about potentially strategic changes coming. I, I don't wouldn't say I've seen it implemented in mass yet, but the, the rise in interest rates, of course, it's similar to the whole market. I think it's sort of trapped a lot of people that maybe would like to update their tractor, plant or combine, whatever, but you know, that they're on a they're on a no interest type deal and it's, you know, seven percent is not is not zero. So there's that. And then you you get into as the as the commodity prices soften and your profit outlook becomes, uh, you know, more challenging, and while the cost of equipment continues to go up, 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 that is bringing back discussion of a play that maybe was just ahead of its time in terms of sharing equipment, uh, particularly you know, you know, combines, uh, forge choppers, the, uh, you know, cotton pickers, the hugely expensive things like that. Now I don't know. That'll be really interesting see what happens. But the one thing that would further support that play going forward is the fact that 
you know, the one thing the pandemic did, again, I wrote, I think we've talked about it, Andrew, but it was about uh, the third week of March of 20, and auction prices started to go up, and there was zero reason for it, none. In fact, you would think, you know, the world was very unstable at the time, and but auction prices went up. And the only thing I could think of is everything had to shift online. Now, we'd had online bidding for 15 years. Everyone was used to it, but still physical auctions ruled the day. Well, that changed. I mean, that just flipped. And then so, and then you, the supply crunch kicked in. And if you wanted a grain trailer or a gravity wagon or a sprayer, you had to click the button five states away to go get it. And that became normalized. And once it's normalized, it ain't no going back. And so that could, I would think, lend itself more towards equipment sharing. Uh, and the whole leasing front, you're right, that as profit margin becomes, uh, more challenging that comes back, but that is problematic. If you're depending, if you're a farmer and you're out there thinking, "Oh, well, I'll just, I'll just hang tight and lease," like in the past, like that was always a good play. Okay, here you got to pull back again because manufacturers are different now, and there's fewer dealers. So, like the announcement, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, deer laying off, you know, folks at their, you know, the combine plant. So they're if you think a manufacturer is going to want to give back the pricing power they've had these last three years through the pandemic, you can hope it, but that ain't going to, ain't going to be what they want to execute. So they're going to try to pinch in that production of new so that their dealers don't get stuck with five sprayers on the lot. And that, that lended itself toward the leasing in years past. So in 2015, I called it the year of the lease because dealers were stuck with too much new and used on the lot. You just you use the tools you have to, to work out from under it. But the world is different today here at the end of 23 than it was in 1450. You mentioned layoffs there with deer. The UAW strike, has that had a big impact on the farm manufacturers or have they tended to be two separate camps, if you will? Uh, as far as I can tell, separate. But, you know, I guess <clears throat> I wish I had bandwidth to uh, to to track uh in depth, these things uh, I try when I when I can talk to people across the industry, whether they're manufacturer folks or dealer folks, their take on things. But I mean, it is problematic, no question. And then there's the, I mean, it's just our world in general, right? With rising, you know, it's already tough to find employees, and now the, the cost of the employees are doing what it's doing, and it's very understandable. I and mean, we certainly, you know, you feel good for people to get an increase, make a living wage, support your family. That's America, right? But uh, math is math, and it—I mean—it all adds up. So, um, all these forces at work. What you brought up about the changing equipment philosophies, to me, as things get pinchier and tighter, you know, that's when, you know, and farmers, frankly, have kind of led the way here over the last what I suppose hundred years, right? When when things change, farmers just have to change with it. They just do, and the, the whole industry. And again, I think <clears throat> on a positive side is that, again, through that pandemic with, again, the dealer consolidation and the whole growth of online, I think based, bottom line is the space has become more efficient. It's it's catching up to the automobile industry where used, you know, off-lease autos and SUVs are just thought of differently and they're just taken to the monthly auctions, boom, move them out, get them out. Hey, that's just what we do. And smaller dealers, God bless them. I mean, my dad had one store, two stores. They couldn't do that or they'd be out of business. So it's just, again, things are just changing underneath us. And the, and the, the thing is, 
as a farmer, you have to, it's tough, but you have to try to get your head around these things. The easy thing for us to do as humans is say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm almost 60. And you go, well, I've gone through four decades of that. I know how this goes. You know what was. It's valuable. But when the, when the footing underneath you changes the whole space, you have to be nimble enough to go, okay, I, I, doesn't matter if I don't like that. That's what it is. So I, I, you know, and that's what we try to, just like you do every day, you try to talk about these things so that, you know, folks can make the best decisions possible. You mentioned how times have changed, and I think now to the last, you know, two or three combines we've we've traded and the last two or three tractors. When I was a kid, I mean, you would go to a dealership and go to several of them and look at these and ask lots of questions and things. And now the last several trades we've made, we've bought these, you know, really sight unseen. I'm so sure you see a picture over the internet. Is that just a sign of change or have we gotten really lazy? <laughs> there's part of me that says, I'm not doing my job like I used to, but there's other part of me that says, no, this is just the this is how things are done. And those trades have been, it's not like somebody has taken me. You used to worry about somebody, they were really going to, you know, take you and they were going to get something past you. Maybe it's just the way we've changed, but I do think about that. Part of me says, Andrew, you're really lazy. You used to go out and, and look at a lot of these things, but maybe times have changed. You, Andrew, you just crystallized our cultural dilemma right there. Is you you just verbalized what I said. You know what you know as a farmer going backwards, the way you did it going to talk to three dealers, taking the time, you know. And I, as we're sitting here talking, I've got the, the daily newspaper, the Minneapolis Star Trib sitting here. I'm a dinosaur. I like to devour the physical paper every day. And young young people, you talk to them about the newspaper, they go, why are you paying for 30 pages of the internet every day? That's dumb. Why are you doing And it's like, well, I can't change that fast. But you're changing. And that's what, again, when I wrote that blog the third week of March, I, I, I just said it feels like we just, lassoed the whole farm equipment space and yanked it forward five to seven years. And so time is valuable. Your time is valuable. So even though you hear echoes in your gut saying, am I doing this right? You are. You're doing it like everybody else is because time is important. And when you look at that online listing now and this with our website, our business, we've tried to foster this, you know, in the ear of dealers listing a piece of equipment. He's like, you got to give Andrew 98 pictures of that combine. Because he's in St. Joe, Missouri, and you're selling this thing up in Minnesota, and he's not going to get in his car and drive up here. Like, that's just not going to happen. But you have his attention. So what's the next step? Now, to me, I've been preaching, again, you know, whether it's a dealer or an auction or sell it private, you know, give them as many pictures as you can. But really, the next step is to take these iPhones, <clears throat> which I'm holding up here, uh, and we use for our TV show, frankly. The video is so good. You really... The space needs to move beyond just the video of like, oh, here's an S660 starting up and driving 10 feet and backing up 10 feet. Who cares? That's fine. You can hear it. I mean, it's good, but show me a video of that thing in the guy's field you traded it in for. So if you're in Missouri looking at taking this S buying this S660 in Minnesota, see it in the field, maybe a drone video. And then how about a word from the previous owner, Joe Smith? Well, I bought this and I had it eight years and I serviced it, blah, blah, blah. So now you're giving more in-depth context to an online listing. And I think that's the next step. And hopefully that will take away that twinge in your gut of, am I doing this right? And if I was a seller of equipment, again, whether I'm an auctioneer, a dealer, selling private, you got to flip it. And you got to think of you sitting there in St. Joe, Missouri. How am I going to entice Andrew? And one truth, there. see, the twinges are good because they tell us truths that we grew up with. 
So one of my favorite YouTube videos I've posted over last uh, 14 years was a one-hour video I did with a 91-year-old auctioneer in my hometown of Benson, Minnesota, Abner Jacobson. It's an old Norwegian dude. It's my dad's business partner. I've known him my whole life. Passed away two years after the video. In that one-hour video, we're talking about life, business, dealership, auction. I was trying to get Abner, and he was beautiful at it. He uncovered a couple things, and one of the things he said, Greg, I have to remember with an auction, whatever you're selling, there's only one. Now, that's true and it's not true. Okay, you're selling this S660 combine. There's 209 of them for sale on machinerypeat.com, but there's only one that's Andrew McCray's. So if it's your auction, you know, what can you do? You know, people locally around St. Joe know you. Oh, Andrew, he takes great care of his equipment, always shed. He's got a beautiful shop, runs a great farm, good guy, church council, whatever. It brings more. But people in Minnesota, they don't know you like that. Now, you can't write them a novel, but there's little things we can start to do. And I think that's the future of the whole space, which will, again, just make everyone's time more efficient, bringing buyer and seller together, which that piece of it, change can be frustrating, but change can also be freaking exciting. And that stuff gets me, gets me jazzed every day to you know help buyers and sellers be more efficient. Before we run out of time, we've talked about change and we've been talking about auctions. There's been a lot of change just in the auction space as far as some of these companies that are merging, combining, and so forth. I guess that's just the natural progression of things, but does it mean anything for the way that we're going to continue to, to buy and sell machinery and, and other items out there? Yeah, you're right. Uh, the auction industry is, I mean, it's not as fast as the dealership end of things has been, but it's getting, it's starting to pick up pace. Just last week, Steffes Group announced uh, acquiring Heartland Auction in Kansas. They came together. Steffes has a huge footprint now over all the Midwest. Of course, last year, Big Iron and Sullivan got together. Last week, Purple Wave announced a major investment from a, a company called Copart, which people might not know, but that's a worldwide leader in the online uh, auto auction space. So the technology, uh, the marketing components, uh, the whole auction space, it's really good news because it's going to serve buyers just exactly like we were talking about. It's all about driving efficiencies, extending your reach as a seller, as an auction company, to be more efficient so that if you're selling something in St. Joe, Missouri, you make sure the eyeballs in Texas and Ireland and Maine, Saskatchewan are on what you're selling because, I mean, what's the goal? You want to get as much for that asset as you can, you need to. And that person in Maine or Texas, they're looking for what you're selling. They want to click. They don't have much time, just like you described before. They want to one click, hey, who's selling an S660 with under 1,000 SEP hours? Bang, there it is. Click the button twice, it's mine. It's heading back to Texas. So as we head into 2024, anything uh, on your mind or you're curious to see uh, what happens? Well, again, the supply thing, uh, the, the rising supply of used equipment, again, okay, here's my gut. I'm not much into predictions, but the space, the industry space, the dealers and everything, they remember the fall that we saw the late 13, 14, 15, when we came off high commodity price, high profit time period. That was like a 25% drop used values across the board. I don't think we're going to see that much this time. Because, again, fewer dealers, they've been more proactive. But uh, I think at some point we have to calibrate downward these auctions. The use values have just been so high for so long that, but again, it doesn't matter what I think. 
That's why I like reporting on the data points every day. And it's like, it doesn't matter what I think. It's a, here's what it brought today. And that's the, the joy we have of compiling that and bringing it forward to hopefully help people make good decisions. Greg, I always appreciate the time. Be uh, safe out there hitting the oxen trail. Yeah, you bet. Always a joy to visit with you, Andrew. Thanks for listening to this week's show. Remember, you can easily follow Greg at MachineRepeat.com and just type in Machine Repeat into about any social media platform and you'll find him as well. Remember, you can also follow this show, Farming the Countryside, and our daily show, American Countryside, on many social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Just type in Farming the Countryside or American Countryside. And you can hear this show in a variety of ways as well. If you're listening on the radio and want to hear past shows on different topics, just go to farmingthecountryside.com or go to your favorite podcast platform. And of course, if you're listening on the podcast, just search that platform to find other topics of interest. I try to have a variety of guests to provide information impacting many parts of the ag industry and rural America. Harvest is now complete on our farm. We had good weather on our farm this year. It was a good harvest. I hope your harvest and farming season has gone well. I'm Andrew McCray. I'll catch you next time on Farming the Countryside. This edition of Farming the Countryside has been brought to you by Nationwide and their farm certified agents. Where might your farm and home not be protected? Go to nationwide.com slash Andrew for answers to help protect your next. And by Pivot BioProven 40 OS, the nitrogen you need now on seed. Learn more at pivotbio.com.